Welcome to It's the ADHD Friendly Show, where we explore all things productivity, well-being, and living our best damn ADHD lives at home and at work. My name is Karen McGill. I'm a certified ADHD life coach, and I'm here to help you do life better. Hey, everyone. Happy Friday. So good to be back in your balls. Lots to catch up on this week. But before we get into today's episode, I just wanted to let you know that Aligned to Start, the much-anticipated ADHD-friendly Entrepreneur Roadmap is going to be launching on Cyber Monday. I am so pumped for this. So watch your inbox for more information on that. And on that note, let's jump into the episode. Well, hey there. I'm coming to you from the bedroom of the Airbnb that I'm currently in. And I would love to tell you that I'm at an Airbnb because I'm on a great vacation, but (laughs) I'm not. I'm at an Airbnb because my house is pretty much unlivable right now. And while that is not the topic, for today's video, it is the inspiration for it. Because if you're anything like me, you have a bit of a janky nervous system. So when life throws you a big old poop sandwich and you weren't expecting it, you might respond by either getting really irritated and reactive and freaked out, or you might respond by completely shutting down and not being able to even answer a question or make a decision because you're so completely overwhelmed. That is generally how I would respond to the things that have been happening to me for the last two weeks, but that's not actually how I've responded. I am actually really proud of the way that I have responded to all the little surprises that life has sent me in the last two weeks. And that is actually what I wanna share with you this week because what I'm realizing is that all of the tools and the behaviors and the new practices that I have been implementing in my life ever since I got diagnosed with ADHD are really starting to make a difference. And this has nothing to do with being medicated or not medicated. Either way, we still need to learn how to cope with life. And if that is something you struggle with because you have ADHD or autism, anxiety, PTSD, anything that impacts the nervous system, then this episode is for you. And I hope that all the things that I share will inspire you to make just even one small change that might move you towards a more regulated and calm nervous system so that you can respond to these little surprise events life gives you with calmness and thoughtfulness as opposed to reactivity or complete meltdowns, which was my immediate response for the majority of my life. So snaps to my previous self for doing all this work so that my today self can actually get through what I'm going through with resilience and calmness, which I am so grateful for. So I'm going to get into that now. But if you're new here, welcome. My name is Karen McGill. I'm an ADHD coach and creator, and I'm here for the busy, ambitious brains who want to get schnizzle done, but they have janky nervous systems like I do until today, because we're going to work on that right now. Let's get into it. Okay, guys, I know that I'm being a little lighthearted, but I got to be honest with you, (laughs) last two weeks, it's been a lot. So my husband and I both live and work from home, and we have a very senior dog who's got a lot of anxiety and doesn't do well with change. We did everything we could to prepare ourselves for a major home renovation that we're doing in our house right now. We're getting our master bathroom completely remodeled, and there's a lot of people coming to and out of the house. There's like saws and banging and jackhammering, and we're trying to do that while still working, and our poor little dog, every time somebody opens the door, completely loses his mind. So to say that it's been a lot for the past couple of weeks is an understatement, but we knew that was coming and we knew it was in our control. So all good. But then (laughs) just this past Thursday, we noted some water that was starting to come up through the floorboards in our kitchen. 
And then we realized there was big water stains on the ceiling below the kitchen. And it turns out that our dishwasher has been leaking for quite some time now. And there is water everywhere in the walls and in the floors of our house. So <laughs> in addition to the major renovation that we've been going through, now we're going through another very unexpected one and even bigger one because we had to have a company come in and rip out all of our floors and the walls. And they've got a big industrial dryers going on. It's just our house is a little chaotic right now which is why we're here at an Airbnb. And while I could boohoo all day long, I am very grateful that I have the resources to remove myself from a chaotic situation, to find my peace in a very quiet, beautiful home. So that's all well and good, but there's been a lot of other things going on behind the scenes. All good stuff, but just a lot of life changes between my husband's business and my business. And I don't know if you can hear the snoring in the background, I apologize. This is Chloe. She's our latest foster, which added just an extra level of spice to our life right now. My husband and I do a lot of volunteer work with the Austin Pug Rescue, which if you love dogs as much as I do, you might want to consider sending them a donation because they could really use it and they're a fabulous organization. They do amazing work for pugs and other smush faces here in the Austin area. Anyway, getting Chloe last week was both a joy and a delight because she's wonderful, but also heartbreaking because she's wildly underweight and clearly just had a litter that either died or was taken away too soon. She's had a real traumatic past and those sort of things really break my heart. But the good news there is that she's living her best bougie life at this point. So don't feel bad about Chloe. She is all taken care of. So between our new foster and our really anxious older dog and all of the stuff that's going on in our house and in our businesses, there's just a lot. And the previous me would have dealt with this by getting really angry, irritable, and looking to self-soothe in really bad ways, like <laughs> tacos, chips, and wine, basically. Or the other way I may have responded is just by shutting down and not wanting to talk to anyone or make any decisions, just be like, eh, get away from me. And neither one of those responses are very helpful when there's a lot of moving pieces and a lot of people asking you questions and a lot of things that need to get done. So it occurred to me probably around Thursday as our kitchen was getting ripped apart that I was very surprised by the way that I had been handling all of these little life upsets over the past couple of weeks. I realized that I felt very calm and centered and I wasn't being very reactive, which is very unusual for me. And I had to stop and think like, why am I not overreacting? Why am I so calm? Hmm. And it caught me thinking about all of the practices and behaviors that I've been working on since I got diagnosed with ADHD several years ago. And I'm just so grateful to my past self for adopting these practices and keeping them up because my today self is really appreciating this calm, centered nervous system that isn't either freaking out or completely going into freeze mode. And that's actually what I want to share with you today. And I want to frame this conversation around the window of tolerance. And that is this space where we can react to life's little surprises with that calm, centered thoughtfulness. When we are in parasympathetic mode, rest and digest, we're able to think and respond thoughtfully and not overreact to what's going on around us. And that is a beautiful place to be when you're in this situation where you're getting hit with a ton of different life surprises, if you will. So I started journaling this morning about all of the various different things that I'm doing differently that has helped me stay in control uh, while my outer world feels out of control. And I hesitate to share all of them with you because you're gonna be like, there's no way that I can do all this. That's not what I want you to take away from this. I only want you to take away maybe one or two behaviors or tools that you might be able to implement in your life. So when life does hit you with a gut punch, 
you're a little bit more prepared for it. Here's what I wrote down in terms of the things that are a bit different and really helping my nervous system. Obviously, yoga and meditation, which is something that I have been doing for a long time. But as I've shared in a few episodes, I have been getting deeper into meditation because the more I do it, the more I feel the benefits of it. Yoga has just always been a part of my life. But those two practices are really good for calming the nervous system, both in the moment when your nervous system is feeling jacked up, but also as a preventative method. If you can start to build a meditation practice, even if it's just five minutes every day, it will make a difference. And you won't notice it at first until a situation comes up where generally you would react in a way that you wouldn't like to react. And you notice that your reaction is a little milder or you're not being reactive at all. So even if you don't feel immediate results from these things, I want you to know that the changes are happening and they will show up in a moment when you need them to be there. So beyond yoga and meditation, other things that I have been doing as non-negotiables is getting outside every day. I got to tell you, if I go outside to this little back road near my house and just walk back and forth on it, because it's green and there's nobody there and it's quiet, I just immediately feel a release. And I cannot tell you how important that is, especially in moments when you are feeling triggered or you're hyper aroused and you just need to calm down, go outside. The other thing that I've done, especially right now in what, November of 2023, there's a lot of really heartbreaking and heart-wrenching things going on in the world. And every time I pick up my phone to go on social media, I am bombarded with violent pictures or angry discourse from people on every side of a situation. And it's very jarring to my nervous system. I'm sure it's jarring to everybody's nervous system. It's hard to watch, it's hard to see. And I have had to take a big step back from social media because of it. And I wasn't expecting it to make me feel as calm as I do feel right now. So had I been using social media as much as I had been previously when all of these life events happened to me personally, I'd probably be a lot more reactive and triggered because I would already be in a state of hyper arousal from just looking at social media. So if you can, now is a great time to step away uh, from all of the things that are happening in the world, even though they're very important and we should all be doing whatever we can to ease the suffering of humanity. Looking at social media and stressing yourself out is not a great way of doing that. So I have found that to be useful for me. And speaking of all the stressful things that are going on right now, especially as somebody who's very sensitive, I have to work on my mindset and my thinking in order for me not to spiral into um, despair, if you will, because I can go there very quickly. What I've been doing is using my character strengths as a way to self-soothe in moments where I'm feeling triggered or upset, either because of something that's happening in my life or something that's happening in terms of world events. So one of my top strengths is gratitude. And by the way, if you want to know what your character strengths are, I will link to it below. The Via Character Strengths Assessment is free and it will give you a sense of who you are at your best. So when these moments come up, when you're triggered and your nervous system gets all jacked up, you can lean on your character strengths to help you calm down. So like I said, gratitude is my second strongest character strength. Love of learning is number one. So when I'm in a moment when I'm either looking at something that's really distressing or I'm thinking about something that's distressing or <laughs> looking at the state of my house, I'm either asking myself, what can I learn from this? 
Or I'm saying to myself, I am so grateful that these are my problems. Because if I think about world events right now, my problems are very small in comparison to the things that other people are going through. So what I use gratitude to reframe, because no matter what you're going through in life, there's always somebody out there going through something even harder. And while I'm not generally one to advocate comparison, it really helps me reframe things quickly when I think about what other people are walking through right now. And I remember first world problem, Karen, I can deal with this. And that brings me to the thing that I think has really moved the dial for me in the last several months. Now, all of the practices that I've just shared I have been doing either in the past year or a lot longer in the case of yoga and meditation. But this new practice is something that's only come into my realm of awareness in the last three months. In September of this year, I signed up for a course through the HeartMath Institute, the nonprofit organization that does a lot of scientific studies and research and advocacy around heart coherence. Heart coherence is all about the electromagnetic waves that are being emanated from your heart. Now, I know that sounds woo-woo, but this is actually science. Think about EKGs. It measures the electromagnetic frequency in your heart. So this is actually part of our biology. And when our heart is in coherence, we are better able to self-regulate. And that was the reason why I dove into the course in the first place, because obviously ADHDers struggle with self-regulation. So I was fascinated to hear that as you practice heart coherence and get better at it, it will help you not only regulate your emotions, but it'll help you access your executive functions and make less reactive decisions and just stay in a state of calmness more often than not. And I truly think that the practices I've been working on in this course over the past three months has helped me enormously. I'm gonna talk a lot more about heart coherence in future episodes, but for the time being, I wanna share with you a practice that I actually recorded in a previous video, and I'm gonna put in this video as well because it is super simple and you can do it at any time, anywhere, and nobody has to know you're doing it, and it clearly makes a huge difference. If you are neurodivergent, you suffer from anxiety, PTSD, or any of the things that impact your nervous system, practicing heart coherence can help you open that window of tolerance so that you're not going into hyperarousal or hypoarousal, and instead you're able to stay in parasympathetic rest and digest mode no matter what's happening around you because we don't have control what's happening around us, right? We only ever have control on how we react to the things that are going around us. And heart coherence and the various different exercises that I'm gonna to continue to share with you are really good ways of strengthening that muscle so that you can stay less reactive, more calm, make better decisions, stay in touch with your intuition, which is so cool, and fire up your executive functions. So no matter how out of control your life feels or no matter how out of balance your nervous system feels, there's an opportunity for you to come back to calmness and presence without you having to get into a formal meditation or strike a yoga pose. You can just sit and do these practices. So I'm gonna leave you with the simple practice that I shared a few weeks ago, and then I will continue to record more of the exercises so that you can continue to come back to them however much you want. Take your attention to your heart center and start to breathe out of this area. Make your breaths longer and slower at a pace that feels comfortable for you. And just continue to do that. Continue to breathe in and out of your chest and just see how it makes you feel. 
get a sense of what's happening in that heart center as you're breathing slower and deeper through your heart, inhaling and exhaling. You might feel a tingling here. You might feel a tingling in the brain. You don't need to close your eyes. You don't need to take on a mudra. You don't need to do anything. You just slow your breath, keep your attention on your heart center and find a rhythm that works for you and continue. Now, if I can explain that technique and do that technique while also recording a video, then you can probably do this when you're in a conversation with other people. You may not want to be doing it as you're speaking, but the minute you've paused for somebody else to speak, come back into your heart center and just focus on your breath as that person is speaking. So you're still hearing them, but you're also paying attention to the fact that you're breathing in and out of your heart center at a slower rate. And I've got to tell you, the minute you start doing that, it is going to calm you down and you are going to become a lot more regulated and a lot more able to do the things you know. So that's the first technique. Super, super simple. You could do it anywhere and it really does have a profound impact and you'll notice it in those moments where you've got to get your schnizzle together and not overreact or underreact to a situation. I hope that was in some way helpful, guys. Thanks again for being here and I will see you in the next video. Bye for now. Do you struggle with way too many ideas and no clear plan of getting any of them done? Is overwhelm paralyzing you from moving forward with your dreams and goals? Well, you're not alone, my friend. That was me too for the first 50 years of my life. But once I had my diagnosis and a concrete reason for my lack of follow-through, I went ham on trying to find a way to manage it. And that is exactly what I did. Today, I am organized, I'm thoughtful about what I take on, and I am living my best ADHD life as a result. Now, I'm not saying it's perfect, but it is intentional, it's consistent, and I have a lot more peace because of it. And I want that for you too. Distraction to Action is my short, fun productivity bootcamp designed especially for the ADHD brain. It is loaded with ideas and tools based on the latest research on how our neurodivergent brains work, and it can help you unlock your own ADHD brain so that you can focus on what's most important and finally follow through on your juiciest goals. Find a link to the program in the show notes or go to itsadhdfriendly.com forward slash D2A. That's letter D, number two, letter A, which stands for Distraction Action. Head there now to get your focus on and become a follow-through ninja. Now back to the show. Thank you for listening. For links and resources for this podcast, please visit itsadhdfriendly.com or click the link in the show description. Please also be sure to subscribe so you get automatic updates when new shows are posted. And of course, please do leave us an ADHD-friendly review. Thanks again for listening and we'll see you next week.